there's probably a lot of people listening to these podcasts that will remember when report cards had things like work habits and attitudes listed separately on them. From the time I started to go to school way back at the beginning of the 50s, there was always a section at the bottom that had work habits. It was no, There were no attitudes at that time. It was just work habits. Generally speaking, all of us came to school knowing that we were supposed to adhere to a certain standard of behavior. But there were always kids who were messy, disorganized, late, thoughtless, those kinds of things. And we got, it got put on our report card. Your work is messy. So-and-so would do better if they could stop talking and listening or sitting still. Over time, those report cards began to have an additional group of skills, quote-unquote, attitudes, they were called. So when I look at my kids' report cards, and my kids are now in their 40s, there's a section on their report cards that says work habits and attitudes. And those attitudes were things like uh, obedience and, and uh, listening and following directions and completing assignments appropriately. The, the, you can all remember, no doubt, the kinds of categories that were put on the report cards. And those went home so the parents would know what their child was like at school. Many times, what the child was like at school was different than what the child was like at home, mainly because the teachers looked through a different set of eyes than the parents did. What the parents thought was okay going to bed late, being disorganized, not getting their work done on time, not being respectful sometimes. The teachers found it very difficult to deal with that. Moving right along in time, not so long ago, we began to realize that there were something like those that made the difference in what teachers were like and their success in the classroom. Except they were called dispositions. Aside from whether or not they were tardy or they did things on time, they did their assignments on time or they were not afraid to ask for help, there were also things like empathy and being able to see things through the eyes of someone else, following directions, showing leadership, and so on. I'm not going to spend time enumerating all of those. Now, of course, the big discussion is 
social and emotional learning. Really, when you stop to think about it, those things are very much the same. They're all part and parcel of something that we could refer to as affects, not skills, and certainly not knowledge, but the approach to the other, the approach to the classroom, the approach to parents, the approach to being in particular places. It's very easy to think of mindfulness, for instance. Sorry, I'll come back to mindfulness. It's very easy to think of social and emotional skills as how to work in groups. But what that really means is Does an individual know how to listen to somebody else and accept that other person's point of view? Does a person understand what it means to be respectful to others? Show respect and and know how to accept respect. Is a student or an adult a bully? Do they take responsibility for their own behavior? Are they able to show leadership when they're working in a group or do they become lazy and let everybody else do the work and they just go along for the ride? Those things, as I enumerate them or as I give voice to them, has to really mean whether or not a person... can go further in life because really what success in life depends upon is having that nexus of social and emotional skills plus grit, the ability to pick oneself up and move in the same direction with renewed grace or dignity or determination. The problem today that we see with teachers is that they get burned out because they don't have grit. And students tune out because they're being asked to do something they don't want to do and they've never been made to do something that they don't want to do. It's very difficult to assess those kinds of attitudes or skills or however you want to think of them. But they're important nevertheless. And in the classroom, it's important for us as teachers and at home for parents to understand that raising kids or educating them is not as simple as one would think. We used to have a joke when our kids were small that one of our kids was always eager to do anything and try anything and go anywhere and experience anything. And the other one was far more reticent. I used to call one a weed and one 
an orchid. One child was able to go anywhere and just thrive, and the other needed a special environment. But we have to be perceptive about our kids and our students and understand that sometimes we have to get at the inside, not the brain, but the heart and the soul and the mind. Those are things that are important in our world today, far more than a lot of other things. Employers, for instance, will say that they are prepared to accept students that might not have all the skills that are required to complete a task, but what they are looking for is people who are determined to be successful and willing to listen to and take coaching from others. We all have heard stories of people who go out in the golf course and throw a temper tantrum when a ball goes the wrong way and throwing their club at a tree or something or throwing themselves around. We've seen examples of grace and dignity on TV daily and examples of the exact opposite. As teachers and parents, we want to encourage grace and dignity. We want to encourage collaboration and cooperation. We can't do that just by pretending that we can teach the knowledge and ignore everything else. We have to create in the classroom or at home situations where we help to inculcate those things in our children or students. My wife used to love to play and mess around with the kids. But then she'd always have trouble getting the kids to clean up after themselves. And I now understand that we have to put ourselves in a position where we have to encourage our kids to take responsibility for their own behavior. That they have to pay a consequence if something goes wrong so that they learn Properly, My grandfather, may he rest in peace, used to always say, sometimes you have to hurt to do good. And that's really the same idea. Now, when I made notes about what I wanted to say, I also included in this brief podcast a few words about mindfulness. Because in many ways, mindfulness is all part and parcel of the same nexus of behaviors and expectations. Mindfulness means paying attention to what's going on around us and being thoughtful about what we do and what we see. I have a brother who 
was always in such a hurry he wasn't paying attention to where he was or what was going on around him. And we all know people who grow up tuning out things that they don't want to have to deal with. If we're going to end up with students, kids and students, who are successful in life, they know how to use the skills to be successful wherever they have to go, then we have to encourage mindfulness as well. When you read the papers or watch TV or read the pages of any magazine, there are so many things happening in the world today that what will make the difference between success or failure is the ability to keep going, to look for new ways to come at the same problems. Mindfulness and emotional intelligence, understanding that life is not just built around us, but it is involves other people. And unless we can accommodate what we want to those other people, then we're going to have trouble. All we need to do is look at all the people who don't want to get vaccinated today. They say that it is a matter of personal freedom, that they don't have to get a vaccination because they don't, they're healthy and they're not going to be interacting with other people or they think they won't be. But that's where mindfulness and social and emotional learning are lacking because in society and in the societies we live in today, we need people who will understand that unless we know how to get along, unless we know how to give a little bit to get a lot back, or give a little bit to get a little bit back, we're dead in the water. Society going forward has to be built on people who understand and accept that in order to live together, in order to be successful together, everybody has to pull in the same direction. That requires the right dispositions, seeing people for what they are, and having a little bit of empathy and understanding of the other, tolerance, no discrimination, mindfulness, paying attention to what's going on around us, and having the social and emotional learning that we can be on our own and work in a society collaboratively.